Carlos, I've got a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Your delivery of wine from graze.com. Uh, I don't get it. That's because it's not a joke. Australian wine delivery of... <laughs> That was terrible. Oh, I wrote that. Australian-wide delivery of unbelievable wine at a fraction of the cost, mostly at auction with no reserve. So that isn't the joke. Uh, Not technically, but I tell you what is a joke. The price is compared to Grey's. There you go. Buy the wine, drink the wine at grey's.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, hopefully, or welcome to Got Some for the first time. Uh, You're coming at the tail end of season one of the podcast. Uh, This is a really exciting episode for two reasons. I mean, they're all exciting, but um, this is the last episode of $30 Wine that we're going to open a new bottle as we go next week into the finale, Carlos. That's right. Uh, That's right. Very exciting. And uh, I feel a little uh, sat on on your... um on your uh, speech, Angus, is that oh, yeah. is the last episode? or? Uh... Well, I mean, you know, we've got a couple episodes. We should let everyone know um, this is the last bottle that we'll assess before determining Carlos's top three, a master sommelier. Uh, next week, we're going to try those three wines again, give the second and third place a chance to take over our current number one, the Chateau Hot Madrac. And then we're going to have a Christmas episode on the 23rd um, where Carlos has picked a bottle of wine at $100 um, to share with your family over some turkey. And then at New Year's, we've picked uh, two bottles, a budget bottle at $30 and a $100 bottle of champagne uh, and sparkling for your New Year's. So you can make sure you have the Master Sommelier pick to celebrate midnight. That's right. That's right. So there is lots to look forward to. What I'm going to be sad about is not seeing you until the end of January. (laughs) That's what I'm going to be sad about. Time will come. Time will come. This is a bottle that Carlos and I earlier today went to Dan Murphy's in Collingwood, uh, closest to the studio. And I said, Carlos, you got 30 bucks. He walked around the whole store trying to find a bottle that you think could possibly uh, topple the Chateau Hort Madrac. What have you picked? I've tried to be fair, as in pick a bottle of wine that would directly compete, I guess, with the uh, Hort Madrac. I picked the Cabernet Sauvignon from Margaret River, from a very, very uh, classic producer from the region, Vas Felix, one of the first producers in the region. It's Cabernet of, Merlot. Yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, so a traditional Bordeaux blend, just like the Oma Draft. Yeah, will so be. it is a direct comparison, but obviously that's right. Australia versus France. That's right, that's right. And I think We know how that went in the World Cup. Let's hope for a better result <laughs> for Australia here. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, also, the, you know, the, the wine region itself, because Bordeaux is right on the coast, uh, very much influenced by the ocean, so it is Marguerite River. Well, our patrons, our Patreon members who subscribe each month, uh, you guys, I actually I recorded Carlos going around dance and <laughs> picking out his favourites, and there was a few that you were going between, um, so our patrons are actually going to find out the other bottles of wine that Carlos would have picked, um, but for now, this was the final choice. Take us through the assessment of this, Carlos. Straight on appearance, uh, pretty deep, deep ruby color, uh, light staining to the tears. You see some light um, purple tears on stick to the glass. Being a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, I expect Cab Sav by itself is so deep, Mm -hmm. right? You can't see it. Um, But here, the Merlot blend just Mm. makes it so much more 
um, that's lighter, brighter, doesn't it? Yeah, that's more red, red, uh, red vibrant tones, red color. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, yes, a higher percentage of Cabernet Sauvignon, you would think, yes, okay, it's a deeper color. But sometimes, if it's a slightly cooler climate, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, they will also have less color, basically. Okay. So it really depends. But yes, arguably, you would say, and you are right, you would say that higher the percentage of Cabernet Sauvignon, deeper the color. Yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon will give you black, big, uh, heavier fruit, higher alcohol, higher acidity, higher tannins, and Merlot will give you a little bit more red fruit, a lower, a more moderate acidity, more moderate tannin level. So you can imagine the blend of uh, ripe Cabernet Sauvignon added in Merlot to soften it down a little bit, then you will have something a little bit more balanced. So of course, if you have a, a wine that you want to age for a lot longer, possibly more Cabernet Sauvignon, less Merlot. But again, if you want something to be drunk a little bit younger with less age, then you're probably considering more Merlot because it softens down the acidity, softens down the tannins. And as you know, those two components are aging, yep. you know, are um, uh, aging Good preservatives. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm so, going to go on the nose. Yeah. And as a wine lover that's 50 episodes into this podcast, I'll give my assessment and then Master Smilia Carlos Santos will take over. Sounds great. Oh, it's a really nice nose. Cheers. It's pretty good, yeah. Uh, it's not, it's dark red fruits for mm-hmm. me. I'm um, not necessarily black currant, black mm-hmm. plum. I'm getting mm-hmm. more of that ripened mm-hmm. red fruits. Mm-hmm. So like cherry, mm-hmm. um, like red plum. Mm-hmm. I think there is dark fruits in here, but it's not leading the charge. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a normal cab sab or it's just dark, mm-hmm. heavy influence. Yeah. I've get this actually quite beautiful mm-hmm you know red ripe fruit yeah along with the oak which i think is um mm-hmm. super perceptible in here it yep. actually smells really nice yeah so provided you smell and i agree actually the red plum the red cherry and yes the black fruit comes i think secondary yeah one thing that i like to note about this wine versus the omadrac is clearly the um the fruit versus minerality you know the more gravelly the more earthy, more leathery, more that tobacco, uh, cigar box. Yes, the Omadrak, what we tried was 17 and 18. So it's much more of that earthy, more organic compost kind of thing. While here, uh, it's 2020, so it's two years younger, but it's more fruit driven. So it does not smell, I mean, maybe a little bit of leather, but it would be like really fresh, like polished leather, I think. It's not like that really developed mature type of not leather. Not a cowboy belt. Cow- it's been on the ranch. Yeah, for 30 years. Gotcha. No, it's not. It's like it's a fresh polished leather kind yeah. of thing, you know, just a fresh, a fresh, fresh sofa, you know, fresh. We fresh get it, couch. yeah. Straight from the market, brand yeah. new. And it's much more fruit driven. It's much more riper, jammy, as you said. And uh, I think it really reveals the, the, the region as well very well. Plenty ripeness, plenty sunlight. Uh, but without being overly done as well, okay. you know. If we go for South Australia, Barossas, South Australia, Barossas and stuff like that, then I think we would have a lot more concentration. Pretty good. I've just had my first sip. Mm. I jumped the shark a little bit while Carlos was explaining the difference between Barossa and Margaret River. My apologies. I was just keen to try it. Yeah, interesting. The oak is less, less perceptible on the palate. Mm-hmm. It feels... And, you know, I know you've said fruit bomb before. It's not that, but there is mm. like a real presence of juicy fruit here. Mm. Juicy fruit, yeah. 
and I was trying to capture a little bit of that mint or eucalyptus, yeah. or, but it's not really, really uh, a lot. Maybe Which is what we find on Cabernet Sauvignon Cabernet mostly. Sauvignon, yeah. Looking I mean, back to the Kunawara episode we had where that mint was really perceptible. Yeah. I think it comes after swallowing uh, a little bit of the wine. There's a sense of freshness on the palate that stays behind. Uh, it resembles a little bit of mint, but it's not the evident mint as you no, find sometimes in Cabernet. That. So take me through the assessment. I'll try and give you my best. Um, uh, sorry, so sweetness, obviously dry. Uh, acidity. My head right now, mm. learning from this podcast, mm. is I go Nebbiolo, mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Now I'm going medium plus. Is this close to that? Mm. I think it's actually somewhere between medium and medium plus, but if I have to mm-hmm. pick one, I'd say medium plus. Yeah, medium plus. Medium plus is good. Definitely. Like it's not, yes, it's not ripping face off like Nebbiolo. That's mm-hmm. really high acidity. It's like makes you mouth watering for like 30 seconds. It's not like that, but definitely... There's a, there's a mouth-watering, salivating that is not as medium as Grenache, which that is proper medium, medium minus, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's so medium medium plus is good. Tannin? Actually quite nice. Mm. Like giving credit to the winemaker. Like it's, this feels really balanced for one as a wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the tannins are probably medium plus as well. Medium plus as well. Yeah, I agree. So by now, I mean, the listeners have tried so many different wines. Uh, if you follow the, the podcast, so, so if you go to the very top one, I mean, you know, what's extreme high tannins, high acidity, Nebbiolo from Barolo Barbaresco. And if mm. you go onto the lower end, Pinot Noir or Agami, which is low tannins, then is not either of the extremes. So it's way more towards the medium plus than to the medium minus, Mm -hmm. you know, or the medium for that matter. So yeah, medium plus tannins. Good. Uh, Alcohol? Yeah, it's high. It's pretty high, but then again, you see how... It's not burning. That's right. You see how acidity is medium plus, how um, tannins are medium plus, so it's really well uh, supported. Yeah, I would think 14% is a good call. It's there, it's perceptible, and it's really, I think it's, but but it's really well balanced into yeah. the wine, is integrated and stuff, so. Yeah, this is tough. This is honestly tough. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm going to be interested it's... to see what happens at the end of this podcast and where it sits. <laughs> um, Everyone's be like, oh, you it's... guys going to change your number one. Maybe. People are probably thinking by now. I'm a little nervous, man. I'm uh... a little nervous. I'm, what I'm going to do is <laughs> I'm going to start the drama of uh, this last episode of Assessment, our last or less bottle of wine on the podcast. I'm going to uh, build the atmosphere by saying that this is a $27 bottle of wine that is worth the price tag. Our top three next week is going to be the Caracante, $16. Definitely the best value bottle of wine. It was good. And I think the white wine, for the white wine, I think it was the best. It was was very cool. That's our number three. Our number two, the SC Panel Tempranillo, Mm -hmm. less than $30. But the challenge here that we set this morning when we went to the bottle o was Carlos to pick a like-for-like bottle that could topple the Chateau Hormadrac 2017. Mm. He's finished his glass. Will we see this in the finale next week? Um, no, I I don't think so. I feel like the Hormadrac was more complex. They had more layers of flavors. There was more, a lot more of the tertiary aromas. That when you smell, you're like, oh my God, I smell fruit, but I smell spice, but I smell development, tertiary, earthy, mushroom, which which is way more complex. So I have to agree. I mean, this is a podcast with the master sommelier trying, you know, budget $30 bottle of wine and less, and this is your call. Um, and I agree with you. 
yep, on the back end. Perfect. Um, but this is this was a really great bottle. Shout out yeah. to uh, Vas Felix in um, Margaret River. Carlos obviously knows a winemaker. Was excited to try this. It's a fantastic bottle of wine. But we won't see it on the next episode. The finale. Well, not the finale of the season because we have a Christmas and New Year's episode, but essentially the finale of this podcast as we will on the next episode finally determine the number one bottle of wine in Australia to our patrons as well. I know we mentioned it earlier. You get the exclusive access to Carlos shopping at the bottle store and finding out all the wines that he nearly picked. But also uh, this was probably one of the better episodes we've done super deep dives into market river super deep dives into this style of wine um that you know the 10 minute podcast episode and youtube episode won't get so to our patrons you know this was probably i feel probably the most educational episode we've done uh, i mean we got you. good towards the end of it you know uh, <laughs> makes season two exciting become a member you'll get the full episode it'd be at least amelia 30 minutes Cheers. Until the finale of sorts next week. If all this talk on this episode about good quality wine has you wanting to wet the whistle, head to graze.com. What's wetting your whistle? Like a referee? You don't know, do you? No. Have you never heard of wet the <laughs> no. whistle? No. Uh, what's the whistle is like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whistle, okay. yeah? Well, what's the equivalent of saying like desperate for a drink in Portuguese? Right. Shayu de Sid. Well, that. We can also attest to the Australia-wide delivery of your wine in one piece and always protected. The bottles that we drink on the episode are most likely bought from Grey's and always arrive on time and in great nick. Buy the wine, drink the wine at Grey's.com.